This is Colin Johnson, Texas wide receiver, and you're listening to Roster Watch. Ladies and gentlemen, Rosterwatch Nation, welcome back to the epic Rosterwatch podcast brought to you by Rosterwatch.com. My name is Alex Dunlap and joining us today, a true goat, a titan of the industry, a return guest here, not only on the podcast, but also on the SiriusXM show. He, he's had SiriusXM shows of his own, a million podcasts of his own. You know him, you love him, DB730. He is Dan Bach, the, I don't know, I just call him the boss man over at, over at Roto Grinders. Dan, what is your exact title? <laughs> Uh, they they call me the director of media, so you know I'm basic, basically the guy who gets to delegate who does what in the media world, and sometimes I delegate myself, but not as much as I used to because we got some really awesome people who are uh, super sharp over at RG. So uh, yeah, man, it, it's great to be on with you again. I love chatting with you. If I can get a uh, a podcast gold from you over the next <laughs> twenty thirty minutes, I'll be a happy man. But uh, but yeah, great talking. Some football with you, Alex. No, that's great. And, and before we talk football, something just kind of popped. There's, I, I want to do like a buy and sell from all the narratives that are coming out right now, pre-draft, and sort of what what DB has going on in in, in his mind. But for, before that, I wanted to ask you a couple of things. But something that just popped into my head because you are in charge of putting people on the air at Roto Grinders, which for so many people has become. I mean, I, w- I watch Roto Grinders on my smart TV. I watch the programming, um, you know, leading up to lock for these different sports like MLB or, um, you know, for the Masters that's going on right now, the content that you guys had up for that. I think there are a lot of people like me, um, like that, that just like to watch people, even if it's a sport I don't care that much about. I love DFS and I, I, yeah. I love playing it and I love to hear people talk about it and I, I love to you know dabble in these games. Um, what do you? Do you find it to be – is it frustrating to you to whenever these guys come on to Roto Grinders, they expand, expand their platform and then they move on to something else? Because that does that does happen a good bit. Do you see it as being like flattering to you that you found somebody that was good enough to be able to go on and do it? Or do sometimes you get frustrated and say, man, I wish we could keep all these guys around? Uh, I mean, I definitely get frustrated, but it's not <laughs> anything like I get – upset at the people for doing it because in the end you know we can create a platform for other people uh for you know a lot of these experts and and a lot of these uh, dfs players and if they find an opportunity to go somewhere else uh you know more power to them like the good thing about this is there's a wealth of great players out there it's not always easy to find great players who have a great presence when doing media that's always a challenge and uh and it's awesome when you find them and it's awesome when they stick around for a while but you know we have no delusions that you know people are going to stay with us forever and and i do kind of look at it and look at the uh, you know the the i mean it's just a ton i mean we're easily really double digits is, number of people to, yeah. 
who have like moved on to to their own things and and it is somewhat flattering you know and and i don't hold any ill will towards anybody who's ever done it now as the guy who's got to schedule it and find new talent that's where the frustration comes in but but overall it's always a good thing when when people can uh can sometimes move on and, and do something on their own. And, uh, and yeah, you know, it's, it's part of the job, but definitely proud of kind of what we've built over the years. It's been a, a pretty good stable of, uh, of talent. Do you, before I, it's been an incredible stable of talent. Cause I was just, I was just looking back. Um, they're like, vid, they're Roto Grinders videos. You can watch like going back, like, I mean, six, seven years now where used to be guys on there like Al Smizzle and like these other dudes that have gone to work for ESPN and like all this stuff. It's been, it's been a hell of a run over there, Dan, and you deserve a ton, just a ton of credit for it, especially for the fact that it always just stays just as good. It's like, you just keep Yeah. You know, the, the, the big difference is it's a lot easier to produce content now than it used to in terms of technology, because in those early days, you know, we didn't have, uh, you know, pre-produced, uh, you know, great looking templates like this. Uh, we were we were literally doing Google Hangouts from like our bedrooms in some of these early shows. But that was kind of what the technology was at the time. And I think from my, from my perspective is I think it's pretty cool that, you know, a lot of other people um, can really produce high quality content and good looking content themselves. And that's a big difference between now and maybe even like seven years ago. We put in a lot of effort um a lot of production into what we did what we've done and and it it gave us a a good lead kind of in the beginning of all this stuff but you know i think in terms of people wanting to get into this space that's what i think is really cool is you can do a lot of this stuff yourself and we've seen a lot of guys literally kind of bootstrap themselves and, and start doing their own podcasts and their own videos you don't necessarily need to be you know super production oriented but if you do if you're creative and you can create compelling content you can get noticed so it's the evolution of this whole world that we've seen that i look back over the last seven years and it's uh it's more opportunity than ever for kind of people to get in you just gotta just gotta grind it i have i i just have to ask you before we get into football since you've um since you are you know, you're big into golf. Um, any, and this will be coming out over the weekend. Any, any, any hot takes for the, for the masters. You got to, we're, we're, we're here on Thursday morning recording this. You could look really dumb, but who, uh, whenever this comes out, is there anybody you think is going to have a big, have a, have a big weekend here in, in, in Augusta? You know, I'll go a little bit different and say a guy who's not going to have a big weekend. And I don't feel like this could really bite me because I don't think he's even teed off yet. (laughs) I don't think Jordan Spieth is going to be in like the top five, top ten like everybody else does. Coming off a win, it's really hard to come back that next week. And the one thing you got to remember about this win a week ago, that field was trash. Okay, yeah, he hit the ball well. But that is nowhere near the type of field that he is he is facing this week. So I think it's. It's uh, a lot of pressure on him, you know, that uh, he hasn't really had in a while. But coming off a win, the expectations are high. The betting markets really like him. Uh, I, my kind of hottish take is that uh, Jordan Spieth, not in contention Sunday. Not going to say he doesn't make the cut or anything like that, but I don't think he's going to be in that first page of the leaderboard come Sunday. Won't, it won't be a popular take here in the, here, here in the Austin area. <laughs> um, all right, uh, here we go. Buy or sell. This is a game we're, we're going to do. Buy or sell the NFL narrative uh, here, here, with, here with Dan Bach on the podcast. Let's start out with your Jacksonville Jaguars. 
win totals are now out. And what's interesting is now we're talking about a 17-game season. Um, you see the over-under on DK Sportsbook is set at 6.5, over 6.5 at plus 100. you got to pay minus 121 to get in the under 6.5. Uh, what, what do you say? Do you think it's a value to get the buy or sell value to take the over 6.5 at even money in the first year of Urban Meyer and Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, I'm going to sell that. I mean, I'm a Jags fan. I love Jacksonville. Obviously, you got Trevor Lawrence coming in. It's 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 a you can't get any lower than they were a year ago, but to to expect 7 wins this season, I think is asking a lot, especially when you look at what they've kind of done in free agency. Uh they made they made some okay moves I think defensively, um but there's still a huge gap I think in talent in a lot of positions, especially maybe that offensive line. And I'm just not sold that they're going to make that big of a, of a move in one year. Now, the one thing they do kind of have going for them is the schedule looks decent. I mean, Houston, especially if Deshaun Watson, who knows what his status is going to be this season, uh, that division, you know, you're going to have a couple of easier wins, you know, with, with that team than you would have uh, expected otherwise. Oh, yeah. But I, I'm still, you know, lukewarm here with Urban Meyer making this transition. I think he's a great coach, but it's not that often do you see these college coaches have huge success right off the bat. And I I still think, you know, there's question marks and there's the injury aspect that always creeps up that kind of always has me leaning under on a lot of these things. So I'll, I'll, I'll sell that that over on six and a half. Yeah, six. And, I mean, Urban's a good coach, man. I don't know. Yeah. I, like, I'm I might be a little bit more bullish. I, I kind of saw that. I'm like, man, even money. I, six and a half feels about feels about right to me. But but I think that you know the team a lot better than I do. I think you're right about also people make so much fun about the um, people make so much fun about you know the free agent signings on offense that I've been, I've kind of poked fun at you about it on Twitter too. This one's pretty yeah. bad, uh, pretty bad from an offensive standpoint. Some of these guys that they've signed, but um, defensively, some like as as you mentioned, I think that was more important to be able to make some of those good defensive moves as they as they've certainly done. Um, okay, well let's just stick on the Jaguars then. Uh, buy or sell? I believe one of those offensive moves. So Philip was it Philip Dorsett and was it Mar was it Marvin Jones? Marvin. Yes. So. With those two guys now in tow, um, do, is, it, is, it, is it still possible, buy or sell, and LaVisca Chenault also being there, is it still possible to for DJ Chark to have, say for fantasy in 12-team leagues, a low-end wide receiver one, high-end wide receiver two type finish this year? I think so, yeah. I mean, the upgrade at the quarterback position is so – big from last year to this year <laughs> yeah. and we saw what he did two years ago where he was an alpha and he had a great season and I don't think the addition of these other guys is is going to hurt his production you know I think that uh you look at a guy like like Marvin Jones I didn't love the 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 signing at first but then when you kind of see the amount of money that a lot of these other wide receivers oh, got yeah, and you yeah. see what he signed for you're like hey that was it's a pretty good deal and they might not be done, but, you know, they still got guy, you know, Colin Johnson, a guy out there in your neck of the woods who um, I was really surprised, maybe not surprised because I thought he was a pretty talented kid, but he stepped up. It looked like he worked hard in the offseason and it looks like he's kind of got that size as well. So there's a lot of mouths to feed in that wide receiving core. There's no question about it, but uh, I don't think there's a question that Chark is the alpha. I don't think he's a number one, but when you say high end number two, I think that's that's the range that 
that you can look at. And I think a lot of people will be selling on him after the year he had uh, a year ago. And even though Lawrence is is there, uh, I think a lot of people will will look at these other players and be like, nope, there's no way he can produce. But this guy's a, a really quality wide receiver. And, and I definitely think he's their number one. And, uh, you know, I, I think definitely wide receiver two, high end, uh, falls into that bucket for me. I feel like with him, well, first of all, about Colin Johnson, you know, nobody's going to outwork Colin Johnson. So, if, I mean, yeah. it's, it, it, it should be a given that no matter what you say about him, whether he's good, whether he's bad, whether his hands are too small, what which his, his hands are really – he has sub-nine-inch hands. But um, no matter what you're going to say, it should, it should be baked in that Colin, whatever it is, he's going to work hard at it because that's just who – that's who he is. That's who his brother is. That's who his, that's who his dad raised those guys to be. Um, as far as – it's interesting to me, Dan, because I was doing this mock draft, or I guess it was actually a real post-free agency draft on on the channel on Sirius last night, and I noticed in the uh, my fantasy league queue as far as ADPs that we're starting to see sometimes Lavisca Chenault go ahead of him in the same <laughs> way it, we're starting to see. It feels to me kind of like. In a lot of these drafts, CeeDee Lamb is going ahead of Amari Cooper just because they're players who you think are better and who will probably be better in the long term and everything like that. I think CeeDee Lamb is going to be a better player eventually than Amari Cooper. I've always said it. I've, I stand by it. I'm kind of more – I get a little bit more excited about the shiny new toy in LaVisca Chenault than I do in DJ Chart. But I think it's a little bit of a – maybe it's a little bit of an oversight to, you know, go with the shinier new toy that gets you a little bit more excited when there's proven potential out of these other guys is kind of the yeah. true feature. I mean, Chenault uh, had a good rookie season – but there was nothing there that I sat back and was like, whoa. Like, I think <laughs> C.D. Lamb, there was a couple of whoa moments. Well, well like, there were some woes. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I didn't see that at all with LaVisca Chenault this season. Obviously, they were in a situation where, you know, they were down a lot. They're always passing. And, you know, I, I think he's a fine prospect. I think they can probably, you know, use him in a more of a gadget situation in some places as well. But, you know, I didn't kind of fall into that that bucket of a guy who's like, oh, man, this is this is a, a future pro bowler. I, I don't know that he is that. Um, I think what I saw from from Chark a couple seasons ago looked like a pro bowler. Might even made the pro bowl, to be honest with you. Not that that he matters. Did. Yeah. But but, you know, the, the way that he he played, you know, it made me look at him as like a future all pro Nothing I really saw in Chenault last year kind of gave me that feeling. And and even going back to college, he's always had some injury issues yep. that I think could crop up again here in, you know, in the NFL. I think he missed a couple of games last year as well. So um, definitely way more bullish on a, on a CD lamb over Amari Cooper than, than considering Chenault over, uh, over Chark. That's a big no, no for me. Okay. Uh, let's see. Buy or sell. Sam Darnold is an upgrade to the pass catchers in Carolina from Teddy Bridgewater. I'm buying that. I'm absolutely buying that. I mean, this kid's 23 years old. You look at some of the games that he's had with the Jets. Now, given there weren't a lot of them, but there were a handful of games where he looked the part, where it's like, okay, this guy you know, is a, a top-flight draft pick, and he was playing with a coach who just – Clearly, clearly doesn't get it in Adam Gase with pass catchers that were absolutely nothing special. And now he moves into a situation here with Carolina, which is uh, just spectacular. I mean, I, I and if somehow they can 
they can get their hands on, you know, a, a top tight end, even in the in rounds two or three. I mean, Carolina is a team that, you know, I think is really interesting because he's young, but he's got experience. And I think it's going to pay off. And Matt Rule, I think that was a great trade that they made. They didn't give up too much here, uh, I believe, for a guy who I still think has potential to be a really good quarterback. So I am buying Sam Darnold as a as a really big upgrade in my eyes over Teddy Bridgewater. Bridgewater is a gamer, but at no point in time is this guy, I felt like a uh, – you know, a top flight quarterback in this league. And I still think there's a chance that Sam Darnold could. And the, the fact is we're going to know, we're going to know really quick here in the next year or two, because he's got all the tools you could ever ask for in that Carolina offense. So uh, we'll find out the answer soon enough, but I'm, I'm buying it. Well, and, and the impetus for, you know, the impetus for doing this, of course, the Panthers pick at eight. Um, a lot of people have said, well, we kind of know what the first three picks are going to be, or at least there's been a whole lot of speculation. We don't, we, we don't know until we know, but maybe the Panthers think that, heck, even if quarterback was on their radar and it sure seemed like it was on their radar with sure. how they, how, you know, they were so hot and heavy onto Deshaun Watson and um, trying to make those sorts of moves before everything happened with that. Maybe they're under the impression, look, we're not going to get one of these guys at eight, um, which leads to my next question. And, you know, if that's the case and they don't get one of their guys at eight, I do think that that means – I mean, you figure if like Penny Sewell or somebody fell to them with the way that Matt Rules talked about he, how he likes to build, that would just be such a such a boon for, for those guys. They've had bad offensive line trouble for so long there. Um, knowing that Oliver Smith has said – or Arthur Smith has said – what did I call him? Oliver Smith? Arthur you Smith. did call him Oliver. I love him. <laughs> some, kind of, some kind of weird slip there. Uh, Arthur Smith has said that, uh, or people behind the scenes have said that he's just kind of, that he loves Matt Ryan. Um, he's ready to kind of roll with Matt Ryan, likes his skill set. Um, the, the Falcons draft a quarterback at, at, at four, buy or so. I think I'm going to sell that. I think they, I think they'll trade down. I, I really think that's what's going to happen. Um, yeah. If because here's the deal. I mean, at four, you know, there's some talk that like Kyle Pitts is the pick at four. I I like Kyle Pitts a lot. I think he's a really talented player. Now, what I don't really love number one is him coming out saying, "Hey, I, I'm I'm planning on being the greatest tight end of all time." Let's take a step back here real quick. I mean, that's uh, that's a big thing to say, especially when Travis Kelsey is in the league right now and pretty much led it in receiving this past season. Um, and we've seen a lot of um, – we've seen that position really be slow, you know, to, to develop. And I'll be so – I mean, I think that's like the most interesting part in the draft is what happens at that four spot because I don't think they want to take quarterback. I don't really think they want to take Kyle Pitts there – but it's also – I don't think anybody in their right mind is – it makes any sense to trade up to get Kyle Pitts for the reason mm -hmm. that I just said is unlike some of these other players um, that will have impacts right away, he could be a great player and still only catch like 40 passes this first year and, uh, and, and not be an impact player. And if somebody's going to trade up, loads of potential. But, but, yeah, right, right, right. I know, but what you like mean. nobody's going right. to trade up for that because you're right. giving up draft picks for next year. And if this guy that you're trading up for sucks, those picks are going to be terrible. So, uh, or, or good for the team that you're trading. So, um, I honestly, if I was them, I would probably grab Justin Fields because I think he's he's legit. 
but I don't think they're going to do that. I think they've got what two more years with this kind of current contract with Matt Ryan that mm-hmm. uh, that looks pretty comfortable in terms of like cap hits and whatnot. So I think they're going to hang with him for a couple of years, try and trade down, and really cross that their fingers that maybe Carolina comes up and gets Pitts, maybe it's. Um, uh, maybe Denver comes up and, and tries to get a quarterback, but I don't think they want to select at that spot personally. Yeah, it, that'll be it'll be interesting. I mean, they're talking about how, how number four they're they're open for business, and there's yeah. also just an interesting dynamic with the new GM uh, uh, what's his, uh, Fontenot with uh, Ter- Terry Fontenot apparently um, favoring a quarterback, and Arthur Smith saying uh, nah, you know. So that's I think that that's a real pivot point in the draft right there it'll be it'll be it'll be interesting to see okay speaking of these quarterbacks buy or sell did, did Deshaun Watson ever plays in another snap for the Houston Texans oh man I mean this is <laughs> this is such a tough question too because it's not just the layer of I don't want to play for this team anymore then you throw in all these accusations he's clearly going to get suspended based on you know what happened to Zeke Elliott and his ac- accusation versus these accusations, mm-hmm. I don't think there's a question that he's going to miss like potentially like s- six games here, um, just in a suspension from the league. And I think the your ability to be like trade me, I'm not showing up, kind of goes out the window when you kind of have all these other you know issues <laughs> yeah. as well oh, yeah. so that it, thing's about the window that thing was out the window 50, 50 miles ago on this road trip exactly man. so yeah. I, I i and and but on the other hand you're you're houston are you gonna trade deshaun watson at maybe his lowest value you know i i don't i don't think that they really want to do that i think they want to hang tight with what they have and i and i don't i actually do think he will end up playing for the houston texans i don't i think he'll be suspended I think he'll probably come off that suspension, and uh, and I think he'll he'll play with the Texans. But because um, I mean, if there was a trade to be made, I think it kind of would have already happened at this point in time for this season going into the draft. And and um, I think they're just going to kind of wait it out. And I think these other teams want to wait it out too because they don't want to trade for a guy and then have an eight game suspension sitting there unless they get him for dirt cheap. And Houston's not going to do that. So I think he he ends up hanging with the Texans. Okay, buy or sell. If it if the pick is Mac Jones, and 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 this will be our this will be our this will be we'll do we'll do one or two more after this because I know you got you got to get out of here. Um, so Mac Jones, if the pick is Mac Jones at three to the 49ers, buy and you know they they'd given up this big load to go and get him. Buy buy or sell. That was a good idea for Kyle Shanahan and for John Lynch. No, that's an absolute sell. I mean, it, it made zero sense to me to trade up that far to give up that bounty for Mac Jones. It, I, I don't get it. There was a good chance Mac Jones may have been available where they were already selecting. So you trade up there to get a guy that you know, we know there's no chance we're going to get. And even on draft day, you know, you start hearing things. And then maybe you trade up a few spots, but I don't think they needed to go up that far. Miami fleeced him in the deal, uh, and I'm that's a complete sell because I'm not even sold that that Mac Jones is is going to be a, a top flight NFL quarterback. Um, this guy, you know, wasn't even a really huge high school prospect. I mean, kudos to him for working his ass off and you know, kind of being the guy 
post-Tua, but that was kind of a surprise for a lot of people. And when you have, I think, guy, especially a guy like Justin Fields, who, you know, people love to say, oh, these Ohio State quarterbacks don't amount to much in the in the NFL. Forget about it. This guy isn't an, isn't a a Ohio State quarterback. He's a Georgia quarterback. You know, this is a guy who who um, is a difference maker, who's one at the highest level, who can do it all. And I mean, maybe I, this whole thing's a smokescreen, and they just take Fields at number three, and then I could be like, okay, Shanahan knows what he's doing. But if it's Mac Jones and that's the pick, I still think it's a terrible, terrible move. Do you, okay. Um... I, this I'm trying to how, how how I can frame this as a buy or sell. It's a I got to do it because that's the theme. Uh, so buy buy or sell. Josh Jacobs is going to be fantasy viable as a high end RB two in PPR leagues for 2021. Even now that Kenyon Drake is in town and we've seen how they. We've just seen how they've misutilized him even before Kenyon Drake was in town. Um, man, you're supposed to give me easy questions here. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm probably probably selling as a high-end RB2. Um, I'll be really curious to see where he's kind of falling in drafts and in best ball. I think it, the situation in general is interesting, especially if you can kind of in a best ball where you can grab both guys and be like, okay, you know, Whoever it is uh, in this backfield is going to get some run. I, I'm going to I'm going to get that production. I kind of like it in that side of things, but you know, trying to gamble on one over the other, or certainly saying Jacobs is going to be the guy. I don't love that idea of doing it because in you know in your full regular season long leagues, you're, you're not drafting the same running back from the same team. And best ball it's an absolute viable situation with how deep those rosters are and how the scoring works. So um, I think in best ball, I'm, I'm not completely selling off on him, but in your standard leagues, uh, I, I think there's way, it's way too hairy of a situation there. And, uh, and Jacobs, he was, he was good last year. No question about it. Um, not a dominant running back, but as we're kind of seeing in this league anyway, you need multiple guys and, and maybe that's what Gruden is, 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 is going to lean on this season is just, uh, is play both of them. So, um, yeah, I'm going to sell, I'm going to sell in standard leagues for sure. You, you just, you just wish that, yes, you just wish the receptions would be there for a guy who they said that yeah. they drafted for that very reason. All right. I got one more question for you, Dan, but before we, I ask, do you want, is there anything you want to pitch over at Roto grinders, the content going on right now or anything that in particular you wanted to let users, uh, of course they can find you on Twitter. I think I, it's at DB seven thirty, right? No, it is not. I, uh, somebody squatted that one a long, literally yeah. long time ago. So I am an underscore Dan underscore. Score Bach, okay, B-A-C-K okay. is the uh, is the name. But yeah, Roto Grinders. If you're into the DFS side of things, uh, that's where you can find us. We do all the sports all summer long. It you know we've been around longer than anybody in this in this space for for a good reason. But the other thing that I do want to plug is is relatively new. Something that we're working on is is a as a company is a scores and odds. Um, if you're into the sports betting space, and a lot of these states are are legalizing sports betting or, you know, you've got uh, Bruno down the street that you like to, uh, you know, <laughs> give calls uh, nightly with, um, then check us out because we've set up this new kind of premium uh, picks service. And unlike a lot of these other places that are charging you an arm and a leg, we've kind of setting it up like we did 
our Roto Grinders monthly, where it's just one monthly fee and you get all the picks, and ultimately you get to decide, you know, wow, this guy really explained why he's taking this side on a bet really well. Uh, so you kind of decide which picks you want to tail, which picks you might want to fade, but we're kind of giving you an idea or a platform to, uh, to kind of do some of the work for you because a lot of times people want to sweat a game, but don't want to do the research. So, uh, scores and odds.com if you want to check that out. And, uh, yeah, it's not, uh, a fun little service, 10 bucks. You can try it for five days and, and see what you think. There you go, ten bucks. What? How can how how can that hurt you? You can you can you can <laughs> you can make quadruple quadruple your money with one hot hot winner pick. Yeah. All right. Um, okay. Last question for you, Dan Bach. This is a tough one. Drew Brees being gone, buy or sell. Drew Brees being gone hurts Michael Thomas more than it hurts Alvin Kamara. So you're basically asking me, do I think it's going to be um, Jameis Winston or or Taysom Hill as quarterback? That's a good that's a good it's a good way to interpret it. Yeah, it is. I think I think Taysom Hill is more than live for that job, especially looking at you know what he did last year in that situation where he wasn't prepped to be the quarterback and. You know, from a fantasy perspective, he was tremendous and they still won some football games. So uh, I think that Jameis, everybody wants to see this guy in that Sean Payton offense. And if he's the he is the quarterback, that's clearly a a huge boon to um, to Michael Thomas. But I don't know if it's an upgrade even. I mean, you got to remember two seasons ago, Michael Thomas, what set the receptions record? it's hard to do. Okay. And you know, Drew Brees is a hall of famer. Yes. You know, he has the arm strength of a high school kid these days, but he still is a hall of famer. He had pinpoint accuracy. That's the one thing that Winston isn't going to have. So, you know, I think that, uh, I think I'm probably selling, uh, selling Michael Thomas in terms of, you know, either, either situation and Alvin Kamara. Um, I, I, I obviously if Taysom's the guy, we saw that there was a, you know, that, that didn't help his cause all that much, but um, I, I think he's a fine, you know, a fine pick. Are you taking him in round one? Unless we have certainty there, probably not. I, I don't think I am, but at the end of the day, the quarterback position is going to decide it. I, I think Taysom Hill's still going to have a role looking at how much money they paid that guy. I don't think that Sean Payton's sitting him on the bench or or not even sitting him on the bench, but using him as a as a tight end or or whatnot. He's going to have a very prominent role, I think, this year for the Saints.
Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.